Take a quick poll real quick. Raise your hand if uh, you know who Pat Agler is. Okay. Raise your hand if you know who Garth Brooks is. So you may not know who Pat Agler is, but you know something he wrote because Garth Brooks made it popular. The song goes like this. Just the other night at a hometown football game, my wife and I ran into my old high school flame. And as I introduced them, the past came back to me. And I couldn't help but think of the way things used to be. She was the one that I wanted for all times. And each night I'd spend praying that God would make her mine. And if only he'd grant me this wish I'd wished back then, I'd never ask for anything again. Remember, when you're talking to the man upstairs, that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he doesn't care. Some of God's greatest gifts, I'm sure you could finish this, huh? Are what? Unanswered prayers. I couldn't help but think of this when I came across that first line from our first reading today from the prophet Habakkuk. When he says, How long, O Lord, I cry for help, but you do not listen. How the words of the prophet in our first reading speak to each and every single one of us here in this church today. Because every single one of us has had an experience of having a prayer go unanswered. More likely than not, the most important thing at the moment when we were heaping up those prayers in that time of our life was that we were praying and hoping that that prayer and that prayer alone would be answered by God. These petitions can be from the most childish things to the most profound things, serious matters of life or death. How long, O Lord, I cry to you, but you do not listen. If we're honest, our prayer can likely be filled with many, many petitions to which to us are so important and urgent. And when we begin to pray, a thousand labors, a thousand cares rush into our minds and hearts, and they all vie for priority. So many concerns, so many worries, so many things to ask for. But then there comes a moment of truth. And the moment that we must ask a fundamental question, and that is, what is our heart's true love? What is the real love of our heart? Is it an answered prayer, or is it our Father who is in heaven? You know, I think that the most common yet most hidden temptation of prayer is a lack of faith. But I want us to quickly ask the question, what is faith? What is faith? I think most people, if they had to define it, they would probably say something to the effect that it's like an intellectual assent to some proposition. In other words, I believe in this. I believe in that. I have my faith in this. But that's kind of an elementary understanding of faith. A more profound understanding, I would say, is that faith is not just something to be done with our mind, but it's something to be done with our hearts. It's something to be done with our wills. Faith is an act. 
It's an act of trust. But I would say we could take it a step further. It's not just an act of trust. It's an act of filial trust. What do I mean by that? It's a trust of a son or a daughter to his or her father. In prayer, our filial trust is really tested, especially as we engage in the battle of prayer, because we begin to ask for things, and things seem not to be answered. And our filial trust is proven precisely in the tribulation, precisely in the battle, precisely in the waiting. That's when our filial trust is tested. Because we have to ask, what is the real love of your heart. Such a common frustration for all of us, I've had this moment, is we complain because, quote-unquote, God is not listening to me. We complain because prayers are not answered. But I want you to consider this for a moment. Consider this. Consider this fact for just a second. When we go to prayer and we begin to praise God or we thank God for things that he's given to us in general, consider that we're not really particularly worried if our prayer is pleasing to him. We're just throwing up prayers of thanksgiving, throwing up prayers of praises. Yet on the other hand, we demand that we see the results of our petitions. We care about those prayers. So on one hand, we have the shallow act of thanksgiving. It's kind of like we heap up prayers like confetti, right? It's just we throw it up in the air. But then our prayers of petitions, we don't just heat them up like confetti. We take a bow, we take an arrow, and we shoot them at our Father. We make sure He hears those. And we demand that we see the results of our petitions. A shallow thanksgiving, a shallow praise, and then a deep spirit of entitlement that we deserve our prayers to be answered. How often does this plague our lives of prayer? How often does this run through our spiritual veins, so to speak? But I think this should really ask us, it should ultimately lead us to ask this question. What is the image of God that motivates why we go to pray? Let me repeat that. What motivates us? What image of God motivates why we go to pray? Is God just an instrument to be used? Or is He our Father? What's the real love of your heart? Is it an answered prayer to a fleeting problem? Or is it the love of a person who lives for eternity? Because how we view God, that image of God that we have, will ultimately determine how we approach God in prayer. Do we go with a filial trust? Or do we go with a spirit of entitlement? My brothers and sisters, if we go to prayer with a filial trust, then we go primarily knowing that our Father knows what we need before we even ask Him. Our Father in Heaven already knows what we need. But He allows us to go before Him and to make our petitions. He allows us 
to use our God-given gift of our freedom to begin to ask Him for what we need. Because the dignity of His children, that's you and me, lies in the gift of our freedom. You see, God always allows us to be His children. He always approaches us as children. Shouldn't we return the favor and approach Him as our Father? Shouldn't we first go to Him with a filial trust, knowing that He already knows what we need to ask, and we seek Him rather than just an answer? Our brothers and sisters, yes, we experience the reality of unanswered prayers. In this struggle, however, I would say that our faith, our filial trust is tested. It's given the opportunity to prove itself. It's given the opportunity to prove what is our heart's real love. And finally, let me propose this for a second. I would say that at times God can't answer our prayers. That God cannot answer us. Why? Because we are making our prayers in ignorance. We're making our prayers not knowing not just what's good for us, but what is best for us. And so God, our Father, can't answer our prayers because what we're asking for is not what is best for us. And so He chooses, He lets us make the struggle because He has something greater prepared for us. Our brothers and sisters, let us be convinced that sometimes we don't know how to pray as we ought. Sometimes we do not know how to pray for what is best for us. We just don't know. We're limited. And so we go before our Father first with filial trust. Knowing that before we even go to Him, He already knows what is best for us. And sometimes He can't answer our prayers because what we're asking for is just what is good. But He never settles for what is good. He always gives us what is best. And so, when we go to Him in prayer, we should have the humility to say with the words of St. Paul, Lord, I do not know how to pray as I ought. Send me Your Holy Spirit. Teach me to pray. Teach me to trust. Beloved sons and daughters, I exhort you, do not be troubled if you do not immediately receive from God what you ask of Him. For he desires to do something even greater for you, while at the same time drawing you to cling to him more firmly. Do not be troubled. Pray for an increase of faith. Pray for an increase in filial trust in your Father. God knows what you need. And your Father desires something greater for you than you can even conceive. And at the same time, as you wait, as you struggle, as you long for Him to answer your prayers, He's doing something even more profound in your heart. What He's doing, He's asking you to cling to Him. Because when you cling to Him, you're showing Him that He is the true love of your heart.